Welcome to Alec Across the States. I'm your host, Dan Reynolds. Today we're going to be talking about a new bill that just passed, or is just being developed, in West Virginia. And we have West Virginia Delegate Joshua Higginbotham to talk about it with us. Delegate Higginbotham, thanks so much for calling in. Yeah, I'm really happy to be on and really looking forward to talking about good policy. Of course. And for our listeners who don't know Delegate Higginbotham, well, he's actually a 23-year-old delegate in West Virginia. It's really important and really awesome for us to be seeing you know, a young person like you being so involved in sound policy. And that's why we have Tyler Boyer, who's the Chief Operating Officer at Turning Point USA. Tyler, thanks so much for Zooming in with us at the podcast today and joining our conversation. Excited. Excited to be with such great patriots. Thank you. So, Delegate Higginbotham, to catch our listeners up to speed, what's your bill and what does it do and why is it so important? Well, as we all know, first responders have really been the heroes of this pandemic and have done so many marvelous things over the years. With this particular bill, we're expanding what the definition of a first responder is. So, everyone would think that when they call 911, that they are going to be talking to somebody who's a first responder, a 911 operator. But legally, at least under federal law, uh, a 911 operator is considered more of a clerk than it is a first responder position. So our bill in West Virginia made it to where 911 operators would be considered first responders. And in fact, they are the first responder. So, and Delegate Higginbotham, can you talk to our listeners as well? There's other things that come with being a first responder as opposed to being a different element of public servant. What were those benefits that then moved on to these now first responders? Well, it, it certainly goes more beyond than just a title and uh, more respect. I think everybody respects uh, all of our first responders. But there are different benefits that come along with it, such as PTSD treatment and access to mental health and other other services that they probably would not be able to get access to uh, without a bill like this. So it, it does come down to mental health because what they hear on the other line sometimes can be very traumatizing. So Tyler, you work with young people every day, young patriots, as you kind of started it off earlier. Do you know many 23-year-old state delegates like Delegate Higginbotham here? It's definitely rare, but it's becoming more less of a rarity. We're excited always to see young people get involved in the civic process. You know, we're starting to see a lot of people get elected to not just into leadership positions within the community, but also within the political parties as well, which is great, particularly for conservatives, just because it's it's been kind of a, a rare sighting. But having, I think, young, strong voices like our delegate here, like Delegate Higginbotham, is really what you start seeing, and I'm sure he's had some of this experience, is that people are ready to hand the keys over to strong constitutional conservatives who are ready to carry the, the torch, right? And so it's exciting to see, but you know, it starts really at the ground floor, which is engaging young people on the topics that matter and you know, talking with people, showing up is what we talked about. Yeah. Just, which is the majority of the battle. And then it's up to young leaders like Justin to, to step up and, and show that they can get the job done. And I think he's done a good job at that since he's been in the House of Delegates. So it's really exciting to see a lot more of that. And with 
individuals like like Justin kind of leading the charge were going to be Joshua. Things. Sorry, I'll just jump in there. Oh, sorry, Joshua. I apologize. Democrats have called me worse. It's okay. Oh, there you go. There you go. We have to, like, like Joshua. I, I, I have used, I'm trying not to mess up Higginbotham. Like, I, I was like, like uh, Sedalia Higginbotham is, is leading the charge in West Virginia. We have, yeah, hopefully we're going to see here in 2020, dozens and yeah. dozens of millennials and, yeah, you know, getting into those positions. So, so Tyler, I'm sure you would love to see an army of Delegate Higginbotham's out there in the world. What are you doing? What's Turning Point USA doing? to empower more young people like Joshua to get out there and run for office? Well, I mean, like I said, it's the, the first step is really engaging because I think the biggest thing that's been missing within the conservative movement in particular has been this wide reach of engaging young people on topics that are important for the movement as a whole. I mean, look, there's a lot of organizations out there. When you look at the A to Z scale of politics that talk about the element OPs, there are very few organizations that talk about the ABCs. And when you go onto a place like a college or high school campus, what you realize very quickly, and there are a lot of individuals within your organization that probably have this experience, a lot of, you, a lot of us here on this, this phone call that have, have noticed that when you're on, on, in those spaces, you are the minority for sure, but the vast majority, they're not people that have an opposing ideology to us. It's usually people that are totally inept or just apolitical altogether. And so our job really has to be, no matter what we're doing when we're engaging people in the civic space, is to first create an opportunity for them to come to, you know, come to us, right? And so whether that's you're, you're serving in some kind of public capacity, whether you're appointed member of a, you know, of a board or commission, or you get elected to a position within your political party, or you get elected to a position uh, like Delegate Higginbotham here, is that that is the first step is really engaging people so they feel like they they can participate in that space. I think what we're seeing today with a lot of the the violent rhetoric, you know, kind of between opposing ideologies across the country is that there's a lot of people that feel like they are engaged or they can't participate. And that's like such a disturbing worldview and such a disturbing position to push across the country because every opportunity that exists is highly engageable. There are opportunities for young people to get involved and to get involved in the process. I think in most cases, they just don't know what they're doing. And so there's a lot of first steps, you know, to including people in the greater political and educational conversation. But, you know, it's really our job and it's going to be our job as we move forward here of being able to educate people and say, this is how you become more involved within these apparatus, apparatus, I guess, with this, the, the political apparatus across the country. And this is how we'd like to show you how to do that. And I think we need to do a lot more of that. Yeah. Delegate Higginbotham, what's been your experience engaging either fellows who are similar in age to you, 23? I mean, that's still pretty young to be super interested in politics. Or what's it been like for you to engage with people at the high school level or, you know, the college level, uh, important, you know, that's a really important demographic there to hit. Well, first of all, I was, I was 19 when I won my first election and, and thankfully I, I won my third primary, uh, just on Tuesday. Congratulations. Uh, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. The, the difficulty of, of relating to young people or, or trying to get them engaged in politics is not that they don't have opinions. They, they do. Maybe their opinions are not as, 
formulated as uh, they could be, but with life experience, they, they will formulate uh, opinions and beliefs. I think that the, the issue is no one is listening to them. No one is willing to go to a college campus or to a high school civics class and ask questions. I've actually spoken at a number of Turning Point USA chapters uh, around my state. Uh, we have several in West Virginia, and I've really enjoyed the conversations there. But when most politicians or party leaders or activist folks try to, to do that, I've noticed that instead of allowing them the opportunity to ask questions and to provide their opinions and to have a discussion, a lot of millennials and Gen Zs feel like they're being talked at, not as though they're being part of a conversation. And that's the biggest challenge I've seen. Hmm. If I can ask a question, yeah. uh, just because I, I'm, I'm interested now, Joshua, when you first started start getting involved here, did you become a precinct committeeman or what, what was your kind of your background there? And that's a great question. And you know, what's kind of your, your take on that? Cause I, I obviously have an opinion with, with that kind of thing, but um, would love to have that conversation about that. So if, sure. if we don't mind. No, yeah. that's great. You know, talking about how the delegate first began, you know, his uh, political story, let's say, I think is awesome. Yeah, I, I um, it started when I was probably middle school, early high school. I, I always enjoyed learning about politics. I, I was an avid reader and I, uh, I definitely grew up in the political atmosphere. But I'd say my first real engagement was volunteering for uh, Mitt Romney's presidential campaign, and then later on, uh, Senator Shelley Moore Capito's campaign in 2014 when she uh, first won uh, her uh, U.S. Senate seat. So I, I definitely was engaged by volunteering for candidates, and I learned how to uh, not only help them win, but I learned how uh, I could win uh, just a few short years later, and, and it helped expose me to good policies as well, and policy makers who I could uh, essentially look up to and try to learn from. Hmm. Did you have any engagement? I, I wanted to bring this up because, you know, I think one of the biggest missed opportunities, and it doesn't really matter what political party you're with, is engaging as a precinct committeeman. And so those that aren't familiar with what a precinct committeeman or precinct chair is and what they do, it's, it's an incredibly important position, no matter what political party you're at, because that's kind of where your voice is most heard in the initial parts of the political process, right? And no matter what state you're in, to really engage, you know, candidates who or encourage people to be involved with kind of the app, again, the political machine that exists in every state. So I think one of the biggest missed opportunities actually, and this isn't just any any you know, specific take on any specific political party, but all the political parties do a really bad job at encouraging people to engage in these very official positions that are most, you know, in state law for most states to get involved. And I think that kind of starts us off in the wrong spot, right? Which is that people, yeah, I mean, you can, you can figure it out, but, you know, there's no one out there like, you know, clearly advocating, you know, for people to get more involved in that way. And I think that's where young people, a lot of young people, when you first start having that conversation, like, hey, this is how you become a precinct committeeman. This is how you, you, you go hold, uh, Josh's feet to the fire here, you know, is that in these, you know, these central committee meetings and things like that, that's a, that's a great entry point, right? Because the more people that are involved, the more people that are aware of what's happening around them, the more 
involved they are, then the less I feel like people complain and say like, oh, it's an us versus them type of a thing. You know, I don't think the founders ever intended for this country to ever feel like us versus them. That was the whole point, right? It was they yeah. wanted to have Article 4, you know, Section 4 type of a territory, which is that this is a Republican form of government in every state for the reason that everyone felt like they could participate and that they were being well represented in every level and every form across government. So, yeah, you know, that's, that's my big thing is I think is that we could probably do a much better job encouraging people to realize that these are our facets of, of the process that you can get involved with today that will make you feel involved and allow you to engage people and represent your community, your precinct, your neighborhood today. And that's, yeah. that's, a, that's an important part of the political process, I think, here in America right now. Yeah, I think that's awesome and you know so important for an organization like ALEC that supports uh, limited government, free markets, and federalism to hold some of our state legislators accountable. I'd like to think you'll have a better time or at least an easier time holding Delegate Higginbotham accountable, but I guess you'll have to uh, you know become a committeeman to really, really see how that goes. Huh? Talk to Tyler to learn more. But before I close out and you know we wind things down, the people who listen to ALEC across the states are people who love state politics, they love state policy, and they're state legislators themselves. Uh, so what's your message, Tyler and uh, Delegate Higginbotham, to the world of state policy or to state legislators? I mean, what do they need to remember if they're trying to really engage young people? What if they're trying to break through the socialist mentality that you know many young folks are emboldened in right now, frankly, at least from my perspective? Look, I mean, I think the greatest threat to our our nation is that we have individuals in this country that are fighting against the mission statement of ALEC right now, right? Is that, look, free markets and freedom are totally under attack right now, like like we have never seen before. And socialism, should it take root, and we know this based off of history, socialism almost always leads to tyranny, right? It just does. And the best thing that we have, the best friend that we have is the 10th Amendment. And that states' rights are the most important, critical thing. Because look, if you want to live the way that they they choose to live in the county, city, state of San Francisco, great, go live there. If you want to live the way that Joshua lives in in West Virginia, you should go move to West Virginia. That's an exciting that's an exciting part of what America is all about. But the people that want to destroy that, uh, that want to control others, uh, that want to allow you know real socialist socialism take root is really scary. And so, yeah, I mean, I just think that the involvement piece of getting civically involved, uh, realizing how the process flows work, finding great mentors like Delegate Higginbotham is is really, really important at this time, more important than it's ever been. And hopefully that tees up Delegate Higginbotham to kind of close us out here on that. Well, thanks, Tyler. And, and really great uh, message for a lot of young people out there. And I definitely agree that we need more young people involved. Uh, it's going to take conversations. It's not going to take lectures. Uh, it's going to take one-on-one meetings, not having a thousand people getting talked at. Uh, and I believe that as more and more young people enter the political arena, it's so critical to take them seriously. Uh, I won my race against an incumbent at 19. Just on Tuesday, we had several other young people under the age of 25 who defeated incumbent Republicans. It was, I mean, this is a trend that is happening all over the country. And we have to take young candidates seriously. 
Uh, we have to take young activists seriously. And if you want to engage the next generation to enter not only the political realm, but also, I think more important, the policy realm, it's making sure they have a seat at the table. Well, you've been listening to another episode of Alec Across the States. I've been your host, Dan Reynolds. We've been talking about how to engage young people, get them more involved in policy at the state level, at all levels. And to join us in that conversation, I've been joined with West Virginia Delegate Joshua Higginbotham. Joshua, thank you so much for calling into the podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks. And the Chief Operating Officer at Turning Point USA. Tyler, thank you so much for zooming in and giving us all your great perspective uh, working with the young people, young patriots of America. And I'll say this is thank you for all the hard work that Alec's doing. Without Alec, we would be in real deep trouble across the country. So thank you and thank you for everything you guys are doing to, to lift up uh, the movement on your shoulders. So thank you. We appreciate you a lot. Thank you, Tyler. And if you're interested in having your ideas featured on Alec Across the States, do not hesitate to email us at acrossthestates at alec.org. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.